0: Eight, verse number one. The Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be it, the Spirit dwell of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for your word tonight. Thank you for this portion of Scripture you directed our heart to. Thank you for the good singing and the good testimonies. The Lord, the good spirit of thanksgiving in your house. Lord, bless this text tonight and use it. Lord, help us to uh, mine out the things that are not necessary to say tonight and just give the truth that you want given. And what you do, we'll thank you and we'll give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We are living in a day where people that are what I call blood-bought, born-again believers, uh, they're saved. They know they're going to heaven. But I'll tell you what they do. They are constantly living a defeated life to the world, the flesh, and the devil. It seems like they have no victory. And I was reminded this afternoon, Romans eight thirty-seven says, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. We are not supposed to live a conquered life. But we are supposed to live a conquering life. We are supposed to live in victory. It is not the will of God. When I say victory tonight, I don't mean that you got millions of dollars in your pocket and, and everything's just going perfect. But I'm talking about living in victory in a spiritual realm. My I remind you tonight, you can't have victory over sin. Amen? You can't have victory over the flesh. You don't have to struggle. and You don't have to fight with those things. Now, you won't be sinless. We understand that. But you can sin less. And God can give you victories over areas in your life that you struggle with for years now, I'll be honest with you tonight, we don't want to admit it, but all of us have things that, that sin, which just so easily beset us, that we need help with. All of us have areas in our life where we need God to help us, and God, I mean, we go to the altar, and we try to get things right with the Lord, and as soon as we get up, we get in the car, and there's that sin staring us in the face, there's that temptation once again, and we're trying to figure out how to get victory. And if we're not careful many times, we succumb to that temptation again, or we succumb Come to that sin again. Oh, uh, We get defeated and we'll say, well, I'll never get over this. This is something I have to carry my whole life. But I want to encourage you tonight, there is victory in Jesus, amen. That's what I want to preach on tonight. There is victory in Jesus. Now, let me give you some contextual things, and I want to get to my thought tonight. I want to say, first of all, I want us to note in our chapter, the weakness of the law, the weakness of the law. Look at verse number 3 of our text. The Bible said, For what the law could not do and that it was weak to the flesh. In this, in this text, we learn that the law was weak. In other words, the law had authority, but it was full of weakness. The Hebrew writer, possibly Paul in Hebrews 10, he will take us down through a list of things that the law was not uh, able to do. Hebrews chapter number 10. And I'm just gonna run through this quickly. The law in verse number one, it could not make you perfect. The Bible said for the law, having a shadow of good things to come, had not the very end image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect in other words Paul saith, with the thousands and the millions of sacrifices uh, that the Jews brought uh, in the Old Testament economy if the law can make one perfect surely all those sacrifices could have redeemed someone but the law was weak the law could not make you perfect but then the law could not purge you chapter 10 of Hebrews Hebrews verse 2 and 3, for then would they not have ceased to be offered? In other words, he's saying if those sacrifices made the comers thereto perfect, then they would have stopped making sacrifices. But we know that even in the times of Christ, they were still offering sacrifices on the altar couldn't purge you and it couldn't please God chapter 10 verses 4 through 6 for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin he said in verse 6 and burn offering and sacrifices for sin thou hast no pleasure in other words it could not please God simply it put it off for another year that's the weakness of the law but then notice, I told you, I'm headed to the third point quickly, so let me run through this. There's a lot of things we could preach. You know that, but I think you know where I'm going. There's the weakness of the law, but in verse number three, there is the work of the Lord. Notice, for the law, the, the, for the law, what the law could not do, and that it was weak to the flesh. Watch this out. God, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. The law was weak, but thank God the Word wasn't weak. Amen? The law all was weak, but Jesus Christ the way, the truth, and the Life. he was not weak notice in this verse, he was sent the Bible said God sending his own son, God sent heaven's best for hell's worst, amen, he was sent, but then he was submissive, God sending forth his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, we're fixing to celebrate Christmas time, and then we celebrate the incarnation of Jesus Christ, how that God God humbled himself and he took on that robe of flesh and he took upon the form of a servant Paul said to be made in the likeness of sinful man thank God that deity wrapped himself in humanity was so that he could redeem us from the curse of the law Tom Hayes said the son of God died at the hands of the sons of men so that the sons of men could become the sons of God he was sent, he was submissive he was sacrificed and for sin not for his own sin, but for my sin. Not, not, not because he had made a transgression, not because he had done something wrong, but Paul said, for he hath made him to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteous of God in him. He was sent, He was submissive, He was sacrificed, but then He was successful. He condemned sin in the flesh, amen. That word "condemn" means to give judgment against, to judge worthy of punishment. In other words, at Calvary, He condemned sin. I was condemned because of sin. Oh, but Jesus Christ at Calvary, He flipped the table on sin and He condemned sin. He judged sin by the sacrifice. Of himself, so there's the weakness of the law, and the work of the Lord. But we need victory tonight. We've got that right, don't we? We've got that the law couldn't save us, and we've got that Jesus is the only one that could save us. We understand that. So, I want to what I want to focus in on for the next 20 minutes or so is the way to live. There's the weakness of the law and the work of the Lord, but where, how am I supposed to live? Since Christ has satisfied the wrath of God, and since the blood has been applied, and since my sins have been forgiven, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul said, God forbid. But you know what we do? We struggle with sin. In fact, Paul said there's that sin which just so easily beset us. It's not supposed to be the case, as Paul said in Romans 6, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. So how am I supposed to live? Look, look at this. First of all, I'm, the live, I'm living in, with freedom. Look at verse number 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ hath made me free from the law. That word law there gives the idea of a principle in that particular context. Of the law of sin and death. In other words, here's what Paul's saying. Since I have been born again, I am not under that bondage of sin anymore. You ought to thank God that you have not been set free, but you have been made free. If somebody was set free, that means they had a past. But if they were made free... In God's eyes, it's like they were always free. Amen. Somebody said justified means just if I never sinned. I'm going to tell you what justified means. Billy Mitchell said justified means just as if I never was a sinner. Amen. Thank God. I know I have a past. I know I have a story. I know I have a history. But thanks to Calvary, we don't go there anymore. Thanks to Calvary, I'm not the man I used to be. Thanks to Calvary, we don't go there anymore. And God don't see my past, but all he sees is the rich red blood of Calvary, and I am free, free this evening, amen. I'm living in freedom, but then I'm living with fulfillment. Verse number four, that the righteous of the law might be fulfilled in us. In other words, this word fulfilled means to fill to the top. Nothing shall be wanting. The full measure to fill to the brim. It gives the idea that God is satisfied with the work of His Son, and that work that His Son did has now been worked into me, and I'm satisfied, Amen. And God's satisfied. I'm glad this is a satisfied salvation. It satisfied anybody listen to me. It satisfied the wrath of God, and it satisfied the need of man. Thank God He satisfied me. I'm living in freedom, I'm living in fulfillment, and here's where I wanted to get to. Now, I can slow down and breathe and preach, all right? But you know, I'm div- even though I'm living in freedom, and even though I'm living with fulfillment, <laughs> I'm living with a fight. I'm not, remember, I'm preaching on victory in Jesus now. But even though I've got freedom, and even though I'm satisfied, there's still a battle. There's still a fight. He deals, with, he deals with several things. In this. Let's, let's just watch our Bible. Let's walk through these verses tonight. First of all, here's living with the fight. First of all, he deals with the conflict of the mind. Verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. I wrote this statement down. Somebody said, Preacher, what do you mean the mind? The mind. Sin begins in your mind. You will never commit a sin with your hands that you not first commit in your mind. Are you hearing me? I, I'm, I'm not lost for words. I want you to think about that. Because we think, Brother Richie said it in the nursing home service today, every, somebody said, is that willful sin? Every sin you sin is willful. You sin because you want to. Because that's your flesh's nature. And so, it starts in the mind. Notice the course. who walk, Verse 4, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. I'm going to tell you how your mind can go the wrong direction when you walk after the flesh. That's why Paul said in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But you know why we're fulfilling the lust of the flesh? Because we're not walking in the spirit. There's the course. There's the cause. Verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. How many of y'all realize that word mind? That word mind there is not talking about this mind. How many of y'all had a mom or daddy or grandma that said, Now, you better mind me? You know that terminology? So they that are after the flesh, who are living after the flesh, there's an argument, is this a saved person or a lost person? I believe the principle goes both directions. I'm not going to fuss about that. Here's, here's what I'm seeing in the context. Because if when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm desiring to do what the flesh wants to do, I'm obeying the flesh. I'm not obeying the Spirit. I'm minding the flesh. There's the contrast. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I tell you, when well, my thinking's not right, you ever, had, you ever have stinking thinking? Where well, your mind's just not right? And you just want to slam your head up against a brick wall and say, What's wrong with me? Don't, t- don't tell me I'm the only one to have trouble with that. Your mind's not right. You're not thinking right. You can't focus on your Bible reading. You can't focus in your prayer time. You can't even sometimes focus in the house of the Lord. And it ain't a child, it ain't, it, ain't a, it ain't somebody snoring. It's just you can't focus. The conflict of the mind. Contradiction, verse seven. For the because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Why? For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither can it be. Indeed, can be. In other words, somebody said, well, "Preacher, that's talking about a lost man." Well, I understand that, and I and I see where they're coming from. But well, when Paul used the word carnal in 1 Corinthians three, he said, "Brethren," and so. His other argument is a carnal person, a saved person. It's just, I I argue, but I know Paul called them brethren in 1 Corinthians 3. So here's what I will say. When our mind is not stayed upon the Lord, and when we're not, there's a lot, I I wrote down a bunch of verses on the mind. The Bible said in Philippians 4, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, Think on these things. So that must mean that I have the capability, Brother Richie, to not think on these things. And to not think on those things would be a carnal mindset. So the carnal mindset is not going to obey the Word of God. It's not subject to the law of God. It's not going to submit because I want to do what I want to do. Does this make sense tonight? I know we're treading deep water. There is there is the conflict of the mind. Quickly, there is the conclusion that is made. Look at verse eight. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. This is referring to a lost man. His works, his flesh, his deeds, and his hands cannot please God. I wrote down next to that verse in my Bible, Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. And he is the rewarder of him that diligently seek Him. The Bible says in Romans 14, 23, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so, whether it's a lost man trying to come to God in the works of his flesh, I ain't going to please God. Or we can make the application, if I'm doing works for God in the energy of the flesh, I ain't pleasing God. Are y'all getting this? You know, I said it in the prayer room, and I've been thinking about this man in 2 Kings chapter 6. He had that axe, and he's, the Bible says he fell in a tree. That's a country term, all right? He was, fell on, the, he was fell on the beam. And when he swung that axe back, that axe head flew off. You know why he stopped? Because his power had left. You know what that boy could have done? There's guys chopping trees down all around. He could have just kept swimming, swinging that axe and making noise. And he would have been having the appearance of labor. He would have been looking like he was getting something done. The only problem is he ain't chopping no wood because he lost his power. And there's a lot of people that go through the motions, through the energy of the flesh, and they're making a lot of noise, but they're not getting anything done because their power is gone. The conflict of the mind, the conclusion that's made. Look, notice the comforting message. This is comforting. Verse 9 it's comforting because of the possession of the spirit. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now hang on, preacher. I'm in the flesh. And that's correct. You are. But you're in Christ. You see, you're not, when he says in the flesh, he ain't talking about you having an out-of-body experience. He's talking about, when, and he, he's talking about these believers, when you are walking in the spirit, you're not walking in the flesh. You're walking in the spirit. And so, and, and if you don't have the spirit of Christ, Paul said you're not even saved. All these people running around, you got the Holy Spirit, you got the Holy Spirit. If you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. Possession of the Spirit. The position of the saved. Look at verse number 10. And if Christ be in you. Now look at that. Do you see that? Verse 9. If so be the Spirit of God dwell in you, and if Christ be in you. Because the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit of life because it is righteousness. Notice if Christ is in us in salvation. And we allow allowing the spirit of God to control and have his way in our lives. The flesh is dead because of sin. And the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Now if you're like me when I read I said, huh? Watch it. Paul talks about in Romans 6. That I am not to yield my body as an instrument of unrighteousness. But I am to yield it. Unto God. When I do that, my flesh desires, they cease. Here's what I mean by that. It doesn't mean that I have an eradication of the flesh. But when I'm walking in the Spirit, I'm allowing the Spirit to control me. I'm not running my life. Paul said, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. And so tonight, and I hope this is making sense, and I know it's a lot of doctrinal truth, but that position we have. This verse, here's what these verses are teaching us. They're teaching us that, yes, you can be tempted to sin. Some of y'all didn't believe it. Kate's the only one believes that. Let's try that. Let's back that horse up and try to try them by again. You can be tempted to sin. But here's what this verse is teaching us. You don't have to succumb to the temptation. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 10, he said said, there is no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, and will not suffer you be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee idolatry. Brother Jones made a... Statement during the Timothy conference, and I want you, and I and I thought it was tremendous. You know, we're we're never commanded in the Bible to fight sin. Pray for me, preacher. I'm fighting this sin. You ain't supposed to be fighting that sin. You fight your flesh. You fight the world, the flesh, and the devil. But you're not supposed to be fighting sin. The Bible said flee idolatry. The Bible said to flee fornication. Flee youthful lust. You know why you're not supposed to fight sin? Because you won't win. Let's give you a contrast, an example of that. I feel like I'm scattering, I'm not making any sense, but if I can get this one point home to you, I feel like I've delivered my burden. Here's a contrast. Let's take Joseph. Joseph's in Potiphar's house doing his work. Potiphar's wife walks in and tries to seduce him. What did, what did Joseph do? Did he get his fist out and start swinging at the woman and start fighting her? No! The Bible said he ran and he got him out. He ran so fast he left his coat, but he kept his character. Alright, let's contrast that with David, who's a natural-born fighter. He sees Bathsheba, and instead of turning and leaving, he stood there. Might have been when he first saw her. Oh, I shouldn't. I shouldn't look. He tried to fight it, and he lost every time. You are never commanded to fight sin. I tell you, if we'd have this attitude, and and I know I've been scattered, and I don't know if it's made any sense, but if we'll get this one truth tonight. One truth: run from it, get away from it. I don't care what it is. Delete the app don't uh, get rid of the TV show, uh, delete the subscription, you know, whatever it is. Change the dial on the radio, delete the song, don't go that way to work, whatever, you you know what it is. I don't have to tell you what it is. Don't try to fight it because you'll lose every time. You'll lose every time. You're supposed to flee it. Had had a man come up to me in a revival meeting uh, not long ago. And, I, and I, I was preaching along these lines, and he said, Preacher, today I fled from my sin that I've had for 45 years and threw it out the window. He didn't, he didn't even finish the pack. He fled from it, literally at 55 miles an hour. <laughs> but you know, that still wasn't fast enough. God, I guarantee you that, bro, and I, I've been praying for that brother, because I know his flesh is going to crave that. I'll tell you what you're saying, you've got to flee it. You've got to run from it. The idea of flee is getting away from it as fast as you can. Flee it. You're not supposed to fight sin, you're supposed to flee sin. Lord, Lord, please make this real. Listen to me tonight. We are all subject to fall, we are all subject to fail. But men are not necessarily, I know we use that term, they've in into sin. And I've been preaching 24 minutes. I'm almost done. I know we say, well, they fell into sin. But men are not falling into sin. Men are not fleeing from sin. They're not falling. They're just not fleeing. And I'm telling you tonight, church, God's blessed our church. God's blessed the families of our church. And God's doing a great work here. And it don't matter if it's, and I'll be kind, but if it's some attractive person on the job, or if it's an envious and greedy or unforgiving spirit, whatever sin it is, whether it's something you put in your mouth, something you light up, something you watch, something you listen to, something you wear, you need to flee it. Get away from it. Why? Because you're not supposed to fight sin. You're supposed to flee it. Is that why Paul said he'll make a way of escape? Escape? You don't escape when you fight. Boy, that just dawned on me. When you're fighting somebody, you ain't looking for an escape. You're looking to conquer them. But Paul said, God will give you a way to escape it. He ain't in hey, it. Thank you, Lord. If hey, y'all don't get nothing, this is helping me, all right? But here's what Paul said. God, it don't need you to beat sin. He did it. He condemned sin in the flesh at Calvary. Just get away from it. That's the only reason I need to come and I would say that. He condemned sin in the flesh. He defeated sin at Calvary. My job is just to run from it. Because I am not strong enough and I am not able enough to beat that. Thank you, Lord. I'm not able to do it, but aren't you glad He did it at Calvary? There is victory in Jesus tonight. You don't have to succumb to that. You don't have to be bound to that no longer. But you can get away from it. It don't need to be cast out of you. You don't need deliverance. You don't need none of that jargon, none of that mess. You just need to get away from it. Amen. If it's a cigarette, you get away from it. If it's skull, get away from it. If it's pornography, get away from it. If it's alcohol, get away from it. If it's lying, get away from it. If it's unforgiveness, get away from it. If it's cheating on your spouse and you've been looking the wrong direction, get away from it. Get away from it. If it's stealing, get away from it. I don't have to go through a list. You know what you need to get away from. You might need to go home and delete some people off your social media. By the way, you don't need to have friends or anybody on social media that you don't know personally. Hey, Amen. That's just a side note. A bunch of creeps and weirdos out there. Hey, Amen. I'm telling you tonight, you know, flee it. Flee it. Get away from it. Then there's the promise. Let me just give you that. The promise to the saints. Verse 11. But of the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwell in you. That's referring to the rapture. In other words, there's hope and there's help here because one day I'll sin my last time. And my mortal body will be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, Paul said in Corinthians. And I will not have to flee sin anymore. There is a warning in this text. I've got to give it to you. There's a correction manifested. Verse 12. I know I'm scattered. Just bear with me. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Verse 13, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. What's Paul saying there? Paul's saying there, there are believers who don't mortify the flesh. Who don't, who don't, that word mortify is a, is the word that we get the, uh, I'm looking, I have it written down in my notes somewhere. Uh, the word mortify means to put to death. It's where we get our English word mortician. He said, if you don't put the deeds of the flesh to death, you're going to die. What do you mean, preacher? Paul said in Hebrews 12, For it be without chastisement, wherever you are all partakers, you are bastards and not sons. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. I'll tell you what he'll do. If you keep living in sin, he'll chasten you and he may take you out. That's why, and this verse has been on my heart lately, Paul said, but I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection. Lest by any means when I preach to others I myself should be a castaway. That's 1 Corinthians 9 27. I bring my body under subjection. No, we're not going to do that. No, we're not going there. I don't care if you guys say it out loud and embarrass yourself. People think you're schizophrenic. You are. You got two on the inside of you. I'm living, I'm living in freedom. I'm living in fulfillment. I'm living with a fight. But last of all, I'm living with facts. I'm going to give you this. I'm done. What's the facts? Well, I have been authenticated. Verse 14. For as many are led of the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If there's a battle, if there's a struggle, you ought to thank God. Because you're being led of the Spirit, and that flesh is pulling back. Thank God. You, you are an authentic child of God. Hallelujah. I've been adopted. In verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage, again the fear, but have received the spirit of adoption. I have access whereby we cry, I have a father. I have assurance, the spirit itself beareth it witness with our spirit and we are the children of God. I have an abundance, and if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And sometimes I'll have an assignment. Verse 17, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. There's victory in Jesus tonight. You know how there's victory? And I'm at 30 minutes. I don't know if it's, maybe that one four minute segment will help you. You know how we get victory tonight? We don't get victory like this. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You know how we get victory over sin? Not like this, but like this. I know that seems humorous and that seems odd. But he beat sin at Calvary. He don't need you to beat it. Mm, that's good preaching, even though I am doing it. He took care of sin at Calvary. He don't need you to beat it. He needs you to get away from it. We ought to get spiritual tennis shoes tonight and just run. Run. Amen. Let's stand. I appreciate your attention.